it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This week's podcast is brought to you by eat2evolve.com, pre-made, ready-to-eat meals. All you got to do is stick them in the microwave. Eat2evolve.com is sponsoring me in an effort to eat healthy with my wrestling schedule. All I ask, check out the website, maybe even give them a shot. Use the code COLT and get 20% off your first order. That's eat2evolve.com. Put in the code COLT and grab 20% off eat2evolve.com. Wrestling Anonymous, please hold. Welcome to Wrestling Anonymous, a hotline and storytelling podcast where the stories come from you, the wrestling fan, or the friend of a wrestling fan, or the family member of a wrestler, or the family member of a friend of a wrestling fan, or maybe even just a dude who owned a store where a wrestler would come in and do crazy stuff. My name is Cole Cabana, and I'm your host and curator of these stories. I'm sifting through and putting together these calls so you can have a fun podcast every single Tuesday. The podcast is free. If you want more calls and more fun, there's a Patreon for only $5 where I do two more additional shows on the 1st and 15th of the month. It's a great way to support the show. You can also just rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You could tell a friend. You could post on social media. Or maybe you can support by contributing to the show itself. Calling in a story. Maybe you're the father of a child who had over 50 surgeries and couldn't walk, and your child had his final surgery and can now walk, and your kid loves pro wrestling and AEW, so pro wrestling tees and AEW let him be the bat boy for a charity softball game, and Mark Henry was like, not only is he the bat boy, he's also the pinch runner, and Mark Henry didn't even know that your kid couldn't walk four months ago, but your kid does pinch run, he runs all the bases, and then he slides into home plate while everyone from the AEW roster hoists him in the air like a champion all while none of the wrestlers really know the kid's backstory but they know he's got a brace on his leg and it seems like he's having the time of his life so the wrestlers just do what good people do and include him in the festivities and hey if that was you there's two very easy ways to call in and share that story with the world email a voice memo to 87 cabana 34 at gmail.com or Pick up the phone, dial 87-CABANA-34, that's 872-222-6234, 87-CABANA-34 is the number, so give it a call and leave a message after the beep. Wrestling Anonymous, please hold. It was just before a 500-year flood in my hometown of Albany, Georgia. You know, there's not a whole lot to do in Albany, Georgia, except for see wrestling. So every uh, young boy is really into wrestling. You know, I'm not sure what event it was, but I'm pretty sure it was WCW. And uh, Cactus Jack was, uh, you know, one of my favorites. My mom got really into it. Uh, she was really into Ric Flair and all his, um, you know, feathery awesomeness. It was a school night, and my parents took me and my brother to go see the match. 
you know, my mom not being one to keep her kids out late on a school night, we stayed for a couple matches, saw her favorite Cactus Jack get hit over the head with a guitar by the Honky Tonk Band, and then we proceeded to bounce early. So we're leaving to get a jump start on, uh, you know, getting to bed for the school night, and the uh, Civic Center parking lot in Albany, Georgia is full of cars. It's nighttime, and all of a sudden we're approached by a huge figure, you know, silhouetted in darkness, approaching us. I think my mom actually grabbed me and my brother, and lo and behold, it's none other than Cactus Jack McFoley covered in blood. His whole face was covered in blood, dripping onto his white shirt that was, like, cut off. <laughs> and he held, he held up his hands, and he said, whoa, 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 don't be afraid. It's just me, you know, and, and he said, I know I probably look scary. He was very well-spoken, and my mom, like, started to gush and was like, oh, my God. It's real. Wrestling is real. And uh, he told us, he said, they don't provide any, uh, you know, they don't do stitches behind the scenes. They don't sew you up. So he's like, they basically just cut you loose and you got to go find a hospital. He said, could you could you point me to the direction of a hospital? You know, my dad's like, it's, you know, it's kind of hard to explain. Just, you know, why don't you follow us? Anyways, he gets into a beat up, I think it was an S10 pickup truck, very small, single cab dumper full of like trash, as I recall, and follows us to the Phoebe Putney Memorial Hospital. And we all get out there at the emergency room and he's just like a monster getting out of this S10. And, you know, he, he like fist bumped us or high fived us, you know, even though he's covered in blood. And was like, hey, I really appreciate it. Next time uh, we're in town, you know, we'll get you some tickets or something. And as a kid, you're like, oh, sweet, this is going to be awesome. We're going to be VIPs. But, you know, it's just you never hook up again. And, uh, you know, I don't watch wrestling anymore, but I'll never forget that night. And I'll never forget sort of the uh, the behind-the-scenes look at, hey, every once in a while, a guitar string gets lodged into your forehead uh, sort of thing that happens in professional wrestling yeah it's true every once in a while the guitar string kind of goes into your forehead and madness happens i think the thing i took away most from this is mick foley well i guess hindsight it makes sense but mick foley is one of those hoarder guys have you ever seen those cars that's just filled to the brim with trash except the driver's seat i know that's not what this guy was talking about but in my head i like to picture him as one of those people but also on the wrestling card and a legend and 10,000 people went to go watch him. But he's like, excuse me, I got to leave. My hoarder car is waiting for me. Yeah, this is uh, an eye opener, I would imagine, for you as a fan, especially in the late 80s or early 90s. This stuff is still happening. This stuff happened at the Gathering of the Juggalos the other week. Jimmy Lloyd did a death match and then had to run right to the airport. Maybe that's a bad example of places where there isn't EMTs and nurses and showers, but... I'm telling you, it's happening in GCW, CZW, even in Ring of Honor, at the height of Ring of Honor in like the middle of 2000s. When I got hurt, it's not like there was a staff back there. We just had to drive ourselves to the hospital. I did it on a couple of occasions. And so, yes, late 80s, early 90s, Cactus Jack. You see him in the big arena, the honky-tonk man, you know him from television. But the reality is, is it's bare bones backstage. There's no catering. They have to bring a water jug. Maybe there's a shower, but it's kind of DIY. Wrestling for so long has been DIY. We're trying to turn it around a little bit. AEW is so great when it comes to that stuff. But that's what the backbone of wrestling has been for so long. Show up, seven matches, go home. You're kind of on your own. We'll slide you some cash under the table. 
I think it makes it a little more fun because it's McFoley. I think it would have been a little more scarier because it's McFoley seeing him coming at you in a parking lot. But as a wrestler who's been in need of help before, on behalf of McFoley and everybody else, I and we say thank you for leading him to the hospital and helping him that night. And I bet you that Mick Foley would have given you tickets to the next event. He's so nice. That is something he would have done. All the other wrestlers, probably not. Buzz Sawyer, no way. Ole Anderson, not a chance. Mick Foley, he would have. You just caught him at a bad time. He couldn't write down your number on a piece of paper in his little book because he was so bloody and needed medical attention. And yes, that's what you had to do back in the day in an address book or on a scrap piece of paper. There was no phones. That was only 30 years ago. Technology is the best. A bunch of friends and I went to the city to go see NXT TakeOver in Brooklyn at that time. The next day was SummerSlam. It was a big deal. Manhattan was basically belonging to the WWE for that weekend. So we get to the city... And we've got a few hours to kill, so we end up going to Times Square and checking out the Toys R Us there. As we're getting ready to leave, we end up passing through a section that was themed like Candyland and basically was just an oversized candy store in there. And we see Luke Harper. And we all look at each other and we just think how fucking strange it is seeing this 6'4 wild man in a Toys R Us in the candy section. Now, I grew up with six foot and above family members. I'm not exactly intimidated by tall people, whereas my friends all seemed a little too nervous. They they seemed almost scared of the sheer size of this man. So finally, I decide to be the one to step up and go approach him. I don't remember everything that occurred, but I, I remember asking, what are you doing here? It, it seemed like a strange place for such a person to be at. And he just makes a gesture towards this little blonde child. With hindsight, I now realize that was little Brody. At that point, I knew damn well it wasn't my place to ask for a photo or an autograph or anything of the sort. It was very fascinating to see that side of him. And I feel like I got to see something very special that day. Oh. I mean, I've heard this uh, story as it was edited, and I don't really expect to choke up a little bit. But then as I do, like, my eyes are watering a little bit, which makes sense because it's my friend and he's passed. But I I guess this call allows me to kind of re-picture my friend and recreate live images of him in my brain. And that's kind of what makes me so happy because there's so much footage of him and I can go watch him wrestle but this story is almost like footage that we've never seen before. So I get to place him in a whole new place and I get to see different footage of Brody in my head with little Brody. And it chokes me up a little bit. Yeah, of course. I kept on asking myself if this wasn't Brody and little Brody, would I play this story on the podcast? And I guess I shouldn't even really ask myself that question because that's what the call is and that's what attracted me so much to it is just the idea of uh, Big Brody and Little Brody in Toys R Us together in the candy aisle. And I picture Brody just being like, I got the little guy. The kid needs candy and I'm a super dad. What you going to do? 
I do also love letting you know that giant, huge, enormous wrestler men will and do go to Toys R Us. Just look at the Major Wrestling Figure podcast. Those guys are camping out at Toys R Us. And this generation, maybe not in the 60s or 70s when those guys were all just beer-drinking fighters, but this generation of wrestlers, we are all, for the most part, in wrestling because we love wrestling, and we grew up going to Toys R Us and looking in the toy aisle and looking in the wrestling aisle and asking our parents or our guardians if we could have the wrestlers. Usually they would say no, then you'd beg them enough or you'd save up enough money that you could finally buy one. And that nostalgia, just like my nostalgia for wrestling, why I'm doing this podcast, is why we as giant wrestlers who are now in the wrestling industry will still always, no matter where it is, head over to the toy section and check out what wrestlers are in the toy section. And it's very cool now to be a part of a company where I can go and see AEW wrestlers. And there's a different variety out there in terms of wrestling figures. But this call isn't necessarily about wrestling figures or candy. It's about getting another vision, another scene, another story of our friend Brody Lee and his son, Brody Jr. And for that, I thank you. There was a WCW event uh, in 1996 uh, in uh, the little town I'm from in West Texas. Uh, I I was 16. Uh, I mean, I just had my provisional driver's license, and so my friends and I, uh, like our our of age friend (laughs) uh, uh, Pete and my buddy Franklin, we we uh, got tickets and went to the auditorium, and and it was a blast. Uh, But you know, we weren't we weren't getting like. Hogan and Roddy Piper and, and just but the two big dudes that were going to be there were uh, Hall and Nash. Considering we were getting Hall and Nash, we didn't really have uh, a, a lot of people at the arena. It was like half full. The, the upper decks were empty. We get to uh, the end of the show and it's Nash and Scott Hall coming out at, like public enemies talking shit in the ring about how they could beat up anybody and you know. Pete, Franklin, and I are down there as they're walking out of the entrance. And he two sweets my friend Franklin, and Franklin hands out his uh, his booklet. You know, he wants uh, Nash to sign his autograph, and Nash says he's going to get him on the way out. The thing that's important to know about my friend Franklin is that he has really bad IBS, and anything will set him off. So food, stress, excitement, and this was excitement. So <laughs> they get to the ring, they're doing their thing, and... Franklin starts squirming. He's starting to get real, real antsy, and he's trying to hold on, and we're telling him, go to the restroom, and we'll get the autograph for him. He's like, no, I'm going to get the autograph. <laughs> he's going to try to hold out, and they're doing a lot of talking in the ring. Eventually, Franklin shits his pants really hard, super hard, like like audibly hard, and his face goes white, and he's all sweaty. And instead of going to the restroom like a normal person, he duck waddles up to the nosebleeds. And there's not a lot of people up there. So he goes up, gets behind one of those pylons. He takes off his pants. He takes off his underwear. He gets shit all over his shoes. So he takes off his shoes. He leaves his underwear and his shoes at the top of the auditorium behind the pylon. It comes back down in his pants and his socks. And Nash and Hall kick public enemy's ass. They come back down. And he very happily gets his autograph. What a wild call. This is almost the crowning achievement of this very podcast. If you don't know what IBS is, I believe it's irritable bowel syndrome, which means you got to shit all the time. You be shitting. 
you don't have control of your shit. And I think I would have made this the title of the whole podcast. This story is obviously titled Shitty Hall at Nash, and I don't think I could put that as the title of the podcast. But this is everything, everything I'm looking for in a story. Everything. <laughs> and it reminds me of a story that I wanted to share that I don't know if I've really told on air before. It was Monday Nitro, 1998. I got free tickets from the radio station. I went with some of my high school friends. Now, as someone who's been body conscious their whole life, the Wow potato chips had just come out. And Wow were fat-free because they had this new ingredient called Olestra, or Olene, as they were marketing it. And I, before the show, had eaten a whole bag of them because these chips were fat-free, and in 1998, I thought they would be healthy for me. Years later, Olestra, or Olene, was taken off the market because it was known to literally tear up your insides. The government was like, you're not allowed to have this product on the shelf. It is so bad for human consumption. Well, when the government said that, it was after I had eaten a whole bag and went to Monday Nitro. So the whole night, I was farting and shitting so much. I would come for one match, I would run back. I would come for another match, and I'd like try to let out like one or two farts, and then I'd run back. And everyone in the section not only knew it, but they could smell it. And I remember hearing a guy behind me being like, somebody's farting again. And I was very embarrassed, and I felt a lot of shame. And although I did not get Hall or Nash's autograph, I did meet the rap group Do or Die, who are from Chicago, a reference not many people are going to get. But for me, it was like everything at the moment. And I always think one of the funniest things, because Do or Die are a notorious hip-hop and rap group from Chicago, and the only people who recognized them were me and my white friends from the suburbs of Chicago. But for your friend, that's the way... I can kind of relate to your friend with IBS. There's nothing really I can add to your story. It was wonderful. I'm picturing everything. Just gets rid of his clothes and is now going to finish out the night with no shirt, no shoes, just socks and pants. That's the only thing left that didn't have shit on it. Great call. Thank you. And tell your friend thank you. Wrestling Anonymous, please hold for sponsors. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. There I was, 20 years old, with my first trip ever outside of my home country. And I went to Japan. 
I was a huge Japanese person fan, so I went to see all the indies in Japan. I went to Shinkiba first ring right on the outskirts of Tokyo, and I saw my one of my favorite promotions, DDT Live. After the show, I was so happy to meet all the wrestlers, and one of the wrestlers waved at me. He went me over. This was Toru Owashi, an ex-sumo guy trained by Ultimate Dragon, now running his own promotion in Tokyo. He gave me a flyer and told me, come to my show. And me, with my poor Japanese, said, oh, I can't make it. I have a flight the day before. And he's just, nah, you, you make it. Just come over. Then I went to a big Japan show. And there he was, once again. He read me over, asked me, oh, you like a lot of different promotions, huh? Handed me a flyer and told me to come to the show. I still told him, no, I can't come. A few days later, I go to yet another show. And this time, he starts laughing when he sees me. He hands me a flyer and tells me, you're going to come to the show, right? And I'm like, ah, uh, I can't. During that show's intermission, I go there, and he pulls me right to his table, hands me the flyers, and tells me, give out these flyers. So here I am with my poor Japanese, handing flyers for a wrestling show that I can't go to, while Toru Owashi is watching me, handing out these flyers, and laughing whenever somebody took it. I guess you have to pay your dues somehow, yeah. That's right, you sure do. I really enjoyed this story. I have interactions with wrestling fans over the years, right? I've been doing it for, for over two decades. And there's wrestling fans who I know their names. I know their families. Some of them I just know their face. But there's fans that we have kind of bits. Like I have bits with different wrestling fans. A guy named Josh. I've called him fake Roderick Strong for 15 years now. Whenever I see him, that's fake Roderick Strong. It's like that's a guy in the wrestling community who has been around for so long that we've become familiar with each other, that I, the wrestler, have become familiar with him, the fan, that it's fun. And I'd imagine as a fan, I'm going to speak as a fan now, that that's like the dream. And I'm not saying fake Roger Strong, like, you're welcome, you get this dream scenario with me. But I remember as a fan, if I was 16 and I went to the Toys R Us, which I did, and I got an autograph of Owen Hart and Davey Boy Smith, which I did, but like somehow they remembered me and, and we made this instant connection and then all of a sudden we have this weird bond and every time they come to Chicago, they always see me and then we have this inside joke, that would be the greatest thing as a wrestling fan. So if you're a foreigner heading to Japan, that alone is probably the greatest thing that you could do as a wrestling fan. You're probably so excited. Then you see Oashi, he gives you a flyer, it's a fun interaction, and as you're going to every single show, you're running into this guy and you just now have an ongoing bit with him, which makes it fun for the caller, of course, but believe me, it made it fun for the wrestler. It all tied up very well when he was like, fuck it, if you ain't coming to my show, I'm putting you to work, and he made you hand out the flyers, which I think was the best part, and of course you did it. If Davey Boy Smith and Owen Hart were like, hand out these flyers at Toys R Us for this show that we're having, I'm doing it, no questions asked. So you're a good fan with a good call and a good story. Here we got the Gozimas. I was about 13 years old. I was at the Hard Rock Cafe at the, at the time named Corel Center in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. I was about to see a WW, at the time F, now E, live event. It was for my birthday and my mom had taken myself and four of my wrestling pals to the Hard Rock Cafe for birthday lunch. And who was eating at the Hard Rock Cafe inside the Corel Center in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada? That's right. The Rock and The Big Show. How do I know? The Big Show really stands out. He's not someone who can be anonymous. They immediately sat down, then got a giant crowd around them because everyone was like, I want to 
go get si- uh, signatures for them. I was in that line to get my replica WWF belt, the one before the wing eagle, eagle that they inexplicably sold at live events well into the Attitude Era, even though it was two belts previous they were selling. I, um, I wanted them to sign it. Uh, they stormed out upset that they couldn't eat their food. That's how I perceive it, I remember. And then I turned, and there was Steve Blackman. And I said, hey, Mr. Blackman, I remember this specifically because he was surprised that someone said, Mr., can you sign my belt? And he did. So I have a signed Steve Blackman, WWF Hulk Hogan beats Iron Sheik belt. It's still in my mom's house. The big runner-up to The Rock and The Big Show is Steve Blackman. Now, of course, these calls are all anonymous, That's the whole point of the podcast. But boy, did that call remind me and even sound a little bit like my friend, stand-up comedian John Hastings, who, yes, was on America's Got Talent doing stand-up comedy during a quarantine with nobody in the building in front of Simon Cowell. But more importantly, today is dropping a stand-up album available on Spotify and Apple called Float Like a Butterfly, Hey Stings Like a Bee. I listened to it at the Edinburgh Fringe 30 days in a row. He is so funny and talented. If you like stand-up comedy from a comedian who loves professional wrestling and did a show with me in the Edinburgh Fringe about wrestling, then this is the album for you. And this is the ultimate letdown for you. Although, uh, caller, you didn't sound too let down. You had enough realization to be on a pivot, see who's where, And notice not only Steve Blackman, but Mr. Steve Blackman to your side. I think we would call that a consolation prize in the business, but a good one nonetheless. I think at that point I would have been just as excited. Yeah, big show in the rock, but Blackman was a star. It was the Attitude Era. The buildings were full. He had nunchucks. Don't be too upset about Steve Blackman's autograph on a winging old belt that sits in your mother's basement. Um, a few years ago, I was helping out at a, a convention. Part of my role was I was uh, facilitating a, a video game booth where people could come up and play various wrestling video games and such. Uninvited, unadvertised, Virgil shows up like he does with his table and his banner and all that good stuff. First day was normal Virgil antics and I believe at one point he was harassing the AAW promoters about all their dates so he can come set up there. But the second day, we had uh, one of the WWE games where you can play as like the legends. Virgil walks up to, to what's going on and looks at the screen and starts talking trash about how the, the, the games back in his day had better graphics. And he just goes silent for a minute. He's staring at the screen and then he excuses himself. Very unlike Virgil quiet, kind of somber. Uh, he goes out in the hallway, thought it was weird. Uh, a few minutes later, I had a friend walk up to me and ask if I saw Virgil walking through the hallway, like rubbing tears out of his eyes. I'm like, no, what the... And then I kind of put two and two together. I thought about what was going on, and the match on the screen that was being played, it was like the British Bulldog, Andre the Giant, trying to remember who else. Nonetheless, it was four of his colleagues from like the 80s, 90s WWF era who had passed away. And I think in that moment, Virgil kind of realized, oh crap, these are my friends. I miss them. And we got like a weird, like in this little corner, there's like four or five of us there. We got this moment of like Mike Jones, the human being, which like nobody ever gets to see. And I feel weird saying it was like a privilege because that's not the right word, I feel like. 
But like, I do think we very much forget that dude's a human being too. It's just, it's always stuck with me how strange of a situation it was to see like a walking meme kind of open the, the crack for a second and let us in to seeing what's whatever's going on in his heart. Yeah. But, Believe me, I, I did an Art of Wrestling podcast with Virgil, and I was really, really hoping. Like, that was my goal, was to see this crack of who, I mean, you said Mike Jones. I, I would never say that. You know, I'd call him by his wrestling name. Who Virgil really is as a human being. Can I get behind him? Can I get into his head a little bit? And for the most part, not, not really. It was very hard. He's on guard. He's, I don't know, put through the system. And then also, I think there's, you know, there's something eclectic up there about Virgil just in general, even if we take away wrestling. Not good or bad, but just, I think, different. And so I've been there. I've tried to get that information. And I will say this caller prefaced a lot of this call with, like, I got a different Virgil story. And my goal isn't to make this podcast the wild, wild stories of Virgil. It just so happens, like you said, he's been memed for years now. They're out there. They've been written down. Sometimes they've been videotaped, but there's never been a real place to tell these kind of stories in the audio version, and that's kind of what this is. But this is a home for any kind of story, and this is a great story. These are also the stories that I kind of want to hear, and it's nice to hear about a real moment from Virgil. I'm sure it was hard for him. I'm glad he could be human. He could show that he's vulnerable, emotional. I think we can all do that. It's not a bad thing. I did hear he was selling Virgil tears after this moment for $5 in the hallway, but that's just me. That's what I heard. I don't know if you heard the same thing, but thank you very much for calling in a, a very nice and sweet story about our Wrestling Anonymous hero, Virgil. Wrestling Anonymous, please hold for sponsors. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I was, uh, had just moved to Colorado, and I went to Estes Park hanging out in the town, walking through the town with a friend of mine. And, of course, I was wearing my I Love Colt T-shirt. As I'm walking down the street, I, we walk past this couple. And as I walk past them, you know, the, the wife was uh, pushing a stroller. And I noticed the gentleman was wearing a yarmulke. 
And I get about two steps past them, you know, just walk past them. And all of a sudden I hear the guy turn around and say, hey, turned around. And I looked at him, he looks at me, he goes, what does your shirt mean? Now, keep in mind, this is probably the largest Jewish gentleman that I have seen this side of Goldberg. I just lost my mind for a second. I was like, oh, it, it means love. It means, see, it means love. I love Colt. He's a, he's a wrestler, Colt Cabana. And the guy just looks at me and he goes, you know, that's the star of David, right? And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. This Jewish wrestler, like he's super popular. He's a funny guy. He's got a podcast. You, you need to listen to him. And this guy just shook his head, walked away. His wife at no point in time did she try to intervene <laughs> to calm her husband down as they were pushing their stroller with their baby in it. Oh, I had a smile on my face the whole time listening to that, whereas I know you were terrified the whole time listening to that. Yeah, that shirt, first of all, that shirt is a layup. That's an obvious shirt. It stems from I Love New York, but it's the Jewish version, and I'm not New York. I'm Colt. But it's also polarizing for some weird way. Well, I know why weird. Jewish and Judaism, there's always a little something behind it inquisitive, allowed, are we allowed, is this allowed? I've heard so many stories over the years, and I'm glad that this caller called in a story because this is an example of microcosm of just like what my career has been of people coming to me and telling me that they wore this shirt to like a church outing or with their family after church or a big get together with their family who are all Christian, even some German fans wearing the shirt. And one of my favorite things, by the way, ever was going and touring Germany and selling the I Star Colt shirt and the German fans buying it and loving it and wearing it like that would honestly get me emotional. I don't know if it would bring a tear to my eye, but it would get me emotional and it would make me so happy that sure, as a Jewish person, I have this like thing in the back of my head. I think I always will. It's just ingrained into a Jewish person's head. I, I think for the most part, at least I speak for myself and saying to myself, well, this is my number one popular shirt. I'm going to Germany. I can't not bring this shirt and then everyone buying it. To me, it was like a sign of love Wrestling was a backdrop for this bigger thing that was love and acceptance, and it was wonderful. And this story is just as fun. It's one of many stories I've heard over the years. Also, as Jewish people, we're not the most intimidating crew on the block. So fun that this guy was, I don't know, standing up for our people? The total wrong way. The caller was like, one of us, one of us. Listen to his podcast. It was The Art of Wrestling. Now it's Wrestling Anonymous. Call in a story. You should call in this story. And maybe he will. But this guy already beat him to the punch. I Star Colt shirt available at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Colt Cabana. About three years ago, I'd gotten up on a Saturday morning. My wife and two kids were still asleep, so I took advantage of the time to catch up on some wrestling that I had DVR'd. I started watching, got hungry, got up, went to go make myself some breakfast. I was only gone for a couple minutes. I walk out to the living room, and I find my three-year-old daughter sitting on the floor entranced watching the wrestling that was on TV. I watched her for a little bit. She stared at the screen, never took her eyes off of it. Finally, I paused the match to ask her if she wanted some breakfast. She turns to me, doesn't answer my question about breakfast, but says, Daddy, why are those men fighting in their underwear? Fast forward to the pandemic, I started collecting the Hasbro wrestling figures from my childhood. My daughter loves looking at them and talking to me about them, and she loves to draw pictures. But the problem is, she has now taken to drawing her favorite one of the figures, Ric Flair, 
and she just draws a man in red tights. I am not looking forward to the day I have to explain to her teacher she is not drawing a man in red underwear. She's drawing Ric Flair, and she loves professional wrestling. Hey, I'd imagine that's the huge dilemma as a parent. I don't know if dilemma is the correct word, but you come to a crossroads. Does the kid love wrestling or not? And you had a major moment. You got to sit there and watch your child watch wrestling and be like, ooh, is she into it or is she not? And the fun part is to see, yeah. And how could you not be? Wrestling's great. The characters, the action, the drama, the men in their little tidy whities or tidy reddies in this part. I'm all for the empowerment of the little girls drawing their favorite wrestlers in class. But yeah, that's going to be a fun talk with her teacher at some point. And I hope she continues doing it and draws wrestlers in their underpants until she's 20 years old and can do it full-time as a job. Anything could be a job. This is a job. This is my job. My brother was a really big fan of Sting. Uh, he's kind of his hero for a very long time. And... Not all the adults in the world took it very seriously, and some of them kind of derided it. My mom tolerated it, but I remember when we moved here with my grandmother. She was kind of this stoic woman who was either emotionless or angry 90% of the time. So I uh, didn't really know how I was going to go to try to watch wrestling in her house while we lived there. But I just remember turning on Nitro and watching with my grandmother in the background, hoping that things don't go south too quick and she doesn't, you know, make us turn this thing off. And I used to recall watching as Lex Luger came out in the background, seeing my grandmother say, look at that ass. And it's kind of funny. It's kind of ridiculous. We kind of thought it might have been, she might be making fun of us, or maybe it's just a, a, a random aside she made while reading the paper or something. But it turns out, uh, I think that was serious. I think she really was in Marvel at his ass. Frankly, every week from then on that we lived there, Every Monday, we had watched Nitro, and that all went really well. I mean, we kind of bonded over it. Your grandma, just thirsty on a Monday night. Hey, we should all sit down and watch TV. Maybe, I don't know, that wrestling is on. Maybe Lex Luger will come out. You know, it's a thing we do as a family. It's family and friendly. And yes, Lex Luger has an ass. I think the quote was dad ass from grandma. But I just want to have some alone time with my grandkids. Always makes me smile when the non-key demographic jumps in for whatever reason they do. Wrestling has everything, including Lex Luger's ass. I do want to make a note about this call. And this is my ADHD just going full force. How long were you turning for? I mean, that turn signal was on for like half the call. You were so inclined to call in while you were driving and turning into something. You couldn't wait till you got in the parking lot and turned the driveway. I digress. Great call. Great way to bond with somebody. There's a lot of different selling points for wrestling. It doesn't just have to be the great technical wrestling. It could be the hunks with the packages. The total package. It's a Lex Luger joke, friends. At first, I was like, everyone's going to get it. But Lex Luger's so old now that like... There's young people listening to this who don't even know who Lex Luger is, which makes me sad a little bit, but also makes me feel old. Don't watch the clip where he takes his shirt off. Watch the clip where he body slams Yokozuna. Wrestling Anonymous, please hold for the credits. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Wrestling Anonymous. Today's show was edited and produced by myself in my studio apartment in Chicago, Illinois. Music is by Matt Kuhn Music on Twitter. 
Podcast cover art by Donna619 on Instagram and voiceover work by Sarah Joy Shockey. I'm on social media too. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, everything is at Cold Cabana. A brand new live Art of Wrestling from AEW and All Out from Chicago will be in the Art of Wrestling feed this Thursday. Go listen to that and download every Art of Wrestling ever with ads for free wherever you listen to podcasts or listen to them ad-free on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Colt Cabana. Sign up now with the $10 tier and I'll send you the very first vinyl sticker, which will be a Dark Order style sticker. Also remember the first and the 15th of the month, new, different bonus calls hit the Patreon. I do these calls live to my subscribers of Twitch twitch.tv slash Colt Cabana, where you can join a very fun community of video games and other silliness. I have custom video messages, a.k.a. shoots. They're kind of like cameos, but wrestlers get paid more. Grab those along with Wrestling Anonymous t-shirts at prowrestlingtees.com slash Colt Cabana. And coltmerch.com is where you can buy all your other Colt merch, including a Colt and Yano autographed picture, past Patreon, AOW, selfie-style pins, and more. I still print out and ship everything by myself, just like the olden days. I'll also be wrestling live independent shows for Zello Pro in Nebraska, RCW in San Antonio, and more. Go to ColtCommander.com for details on those shows. And AEW will be touring Boston, New York, New Jersey, and more. For ticket information and information on how you can watch All Elite Wrestling every Wednesday and Friday night on TNT, or Monday and Tuesday on their YouTube channel, head over to AllEliteWrestling.com. 87 Cabana 34 is the number. That's 872-222-6234 or email a voice memo to 87cabana34 at gmail.com. The show only works if you give it a call. So give it a call, please. And thanks. Thank you for calling. Goodbye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.